The Premier League season is well and truly underway. We are just two game weeks in already. And today we are going to be discussing the winners and the losers so far. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. If you're here for the first time, do us a very quick favour and hit that subscribe button. It is free and takes two seconds. In today's episode, we obviously didn't do a week one preview of the Premier League season, so we're giving you a double header today. We are going to be discussing so far who are the winners, who are the losers on the brand new starts of the season. Who do we think is a surprise? Who do we think is underwhelmed already? And ultimately, do we basically want to delete all our all our predictions for the season already? So let's get started. Um, obviously, top of the table. I mean, we're not getting carried away. Maybe Brighton fans will. Top of the table is, of course, Brighton. I, I guess we've got to say they're a winner so far. Making money. Absolutely. Winning points. Jamie, how well, I guess, have they done so far and how much have they impressed you? So, really, if you're looking at the fixtures, so many people, if you're looking at FPL re- reasons, you're, you're targeting Brighton players because of their fixtures they had. Obviously, they had the sort of dream scenario of Luton at home, first game of the season. Then they've got Wolves away. Wolves, as we've seen, can barely score a goal. So, it's not seen. However, the manner of the victories are oh, what's surprising. So Luton winning 4-1 on the first day. That's sort of expected, really. Um, but the sort of... Was it 4-1 or 5-1 in the end? Sorry, I forgot. With the Against Wolves, I think it's 4-1. Yeah, 4-1, oh. both games. Yeah, 4-1. And yeah, that's that's a great, great result away to Wolves. Wolves have been... Are better defensively than going forward. So to score four against them, especially away, is very good. So you ha- you have to be saying they're winners at the moment, especially. Now, one thing I was going to say is, Jamie, well, I, I jokingly mentioned we're, we're going to cancel all our predictions already. I remember you saying Brighton might struggle up, up front and they've gone and bloody Much scored. scoring, I said this, yeah. Yeah, not a great call for me so far. Um, like I say, the the Luton one, you can you can expect that. The Wolves one is where my prediction goes out of the water kind of thing. But can they keep it up? Because they actually outperformed their XG against Wolves, which is just incredible that Brighton never seemed to have done. <laughs> so maybe they can't keep that up and maybe a prediction might come true. But at the moment, I'm... I'm holding it now. Reese, what about yourself? Who, who's impressed you? Obviously, Brighton. Brighton are the obvious one. Who else? Yeah, Brighton deserve credit. I still think they're... Yes, they can score, but they're prone to conceding. So, yeah, they need to be careful there. Obviously, you have to look at second place with City. Two wins from two. You know, played Newcastle at home and beat them. It was only a 1-0, but they look very good. You know, this is the team that looked very thin on the ground you know, for a few weeks and they're not showing any form of weakness still. And they also went away to Burnley in the first game and absolutely beat them comfortably when most teams probably would have crumbled in that first game. So the old, you know, the Man City that we all, we all know and 
well, some of us love, some of us don't, um, you know, is shows no signs of going. So they're quite clearly the team to beat. And I think you have to look in third place and say Brentford as well. Deserve a mention, you know, without Ivan Tony, their star man, they've got a decent 2-2 draw at home against Spurs. And then when an absolutely beat local rivals, Fulham, is it 3-0, if I'm not mistaken? So, yeah, it's a comfortable, comfortable result there. They always seem to be the sort of team when you think, actually, they're going to lose this one. They actually prove us all wrong. So their mentality is outstanding. And yeah, these are the three teams setting the pace so far. Yeah, agreed. And I think I'd just touch on the city as well. I think given everything, you know, two clean sheets and in, in, in two you know, relatively tough games. They've had the Super Cup in the middle of that as well. You know, we've Jamie, I know you've criticised sort of the lack of signings. Obviously, that's that's changed the day getting Doku in. Um, but I think the it's one of those where if, if City had dropped points, everyone would start going, oh my God, they're going to not win the title, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you've sort of done well despite the problems that have come your way. You've sort of, and KDB injured as well, we've got to touch on. So I think despite the negatives, you've done well actually to get two two hard fought victories. Um and Brentford. Yeah, yeah, Brentford, de- yeah, definitely. Unbelievable. Just just doesn't matter what happens to them, they just find a way. And you've got to give Frank credit as well, to, to be honest. Um what about let, let's just move down the table. Obviously, we won't individually touch on every team. You've got Liverpool, who a bit of a weird one, a bit of adversity in Bournemouth. How do we think they're getting on so far? I think personally, actually, it... not very well. No, okay. Well, you're going to disagree. Sorry, we go. uh, our first debate. Doing that well. If you watched them, obviously, first game of season away to Chelsea. Okay, results wise, a draw's fine. But I thought Chelsea were definitely the better team, and they just didn't make it count. And really, I think Liverpool should be sitting here with. A, a win against Bournemouth and a loss against Chelsea. I don't think they've looked that fluid either. Like I said, the performance against Chelsea I thought was okay for, I think, 25 minutes, 30 minutes against Chelsea, but the rest wasn't. Bournemouth, they conceded two in two minutes. <laughs> One of them was obviously offside, but of the game, they're conceding two to Bournemouth when everyone's, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are thinking, could it be another 9 0? You're thinking Liverpool are going to batter Bournemouth, and they didn't. Then they got there, but I don't. It what it wasn't that convincing, and I think Liverpool fans are slightly worried with the signings. Obviously, not getting Caicedo or Lavia, which Jordan you'll be very happy to hear, weren't weren't you? So it's more of a. I think there's a concern at Liverpool, but. Results-wise, they've got away with it so far. Reese, give give us the counterpoint to that, I guess. I disagree. I think they've done just fine. You know, if you would have offered four points, they would have taken that. You know, to go to Chelsea, who the team are revitalised under an attacking-minded coach. Under Potticino, so many, you know, he conquered so many big boys. You know, this was an easy banana skin for them. They came out of a draw, they played quite well. And then I think we discredit Bournemouth a little bit here. They're a much better side than the one that was last year. They've got a better manager. They've got some good players in there. Yes, they took the lead. And Liverpool will come around. We can't expect them to beat them 9-0 again. And they've got a convincing win, you know. They didn't 
they didn't look like they were struggling when they went behind either. They, you know, they pushed on and got it. So they got they got a decent win there. You know, their their first real real test is going to be Newcastle on Saturday. That's yeah. probably where you might get an indicator of where we're at. Yeah, I think with with um, just I know we're talking about teams, but a, a shout out to Semenyo uh, at Bournemouth. I think he really really caused that Liverpool defence problems all game. Um, and to do that, you know, away at Anfield, it's obviously no no easy feat. Um, so I think he could be one to watch this season that, that obviously not many people would have would have sort of backed before the season. Um, moving down the table, obviously in sixth place, uh, sorry, fifth place, again, we're not going to get too carried away with league positions, but Tottenham. Now, new manager, lost Harry Kane, and they go and put in... It wasn't overwhelming. I think I think everyone was getting a little bit carried away. But this is a great, great home win. 2-0 to Man United. And they made United not look great at all. How do you guys yeah. think Spurs are going to get on? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think I think United didn't look great. They didn't play great themselves. You know, Spurs, Spurs were brilliant. You know I'm a big fan of Postelogu. Oh, Ange, I'll just call him to make it easier. Um and I knew that they'd be fine without Harry Kane and, and they're proving it already. Um, they've got a good draw at Brentford. You know, if one of the worst starts you could ask for is away to Brentford on the opening game. They passed that test with a decent draw, coming back from behind twice and then went and beat Spurs convincingly. There's going to be moments, you know, they're going to have probably a lot of three twos, maybe a few four threes, you know, and there's going to be some teething issues while they get used to the system, but they've got some great players, you know, great manager there who seems to just get it I think they're building something there already but again you know would they have taken four points at the start of the season absolutely throughout these two absolutely but of course they need to make sure that they build on what they've got already and, and don't go and lose a few silly games you know they've got some they've got some decent games to come up that could be in there for, you know they've got Bournemouth away next that could again going to be the test of what we expect to see from them Yeah, I think Spurs have done pretty well as well. Um, I've actually been quite impressed, and I think Spurs fans are like, even if you didn't include the sort of two 0 win against United, sort of like just the performances. I think Spurs were very. It was a bit like a bit like Chelsea, probably not as bad last season because Harry Kane was scoring, but the performances really, if Kane didn't score his thirty goals. Spurs would have been in a similar place to Chelsea, so I think they're seeing such they're being very positive about it due to how they're playing. I think losing Kane will be a blow to them. It's not showing at the moment because they've scored what two in both games. Can't really knock that, but I do feel like it's going to come up in a few games where they're going to be knocking on the door where a Harry Kane would have got a goal out of somewhere and. Richarlison's just not showing the goal scoring ability at the moment. Um, I think defensively keep a clean sheet, but defensively they need to shore up a bit more. But I think that's that's going to come with time. It's not through. I think with the lack of the players that they've signed are good additions, and I think the manager does get it what he's trying to achieve. So I feel like he can. He can get Spurs going, but at the moment it's more 
wait waiting until it actually properly clicks and it shouldn't click this quickly so taking four points after the first two games is a very good start and it's at good performances whereas I think last season you were saying Jordan they had several several points like near max points yeah I think I think for me the looking at it tactically again early days but the, the key difference is that that sort of midfield pivot of Saar and, and Basuma both look good and like, although they've not played much together at all, they look like a good outfit and, and they're working well together already. So for Posta Coglu, he'll be absolutely buzzing that it, it looks like already they're working. Both put in impressive performances and both pretty much ran the game on um, ran the game on Saturday. And you've got to bear in mind the midfield that, 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 that you know they've done that against. Bruno, Casemiro, Mount, Ericsson, like you've got some top level players in there that have dominated in midfield. So good, good signs early for Spurs. Um moving down the table a little bit more, who who else, I guess, well, we've got to talk about the next place, which is um <laughs> yeah, well. Sure you don't want to skip. Yeah, I was gonna skip West Ham. Um now I guess we've got to talk about yesterday. I I'll kick things off. West Ham were outplayed in the first half, didn't look great, and yet they beat Chelsea 3-1 with 10 men. Is is there signs of life in this West Ham team that many people sort of wrote off already? Yes, there's, there's life in them. Um, I think it depends on what they do before the transfer window closes. They've started signing players, but it's also very late. They should have been probably doing a bit of the business earlier. Um, I think James Ward-Prowse has shown why he was signed. Got, I think he got two assists yesterday. Brilliant, brilliant corner for the first goal, showing why. I think people thought that was just a great, a good fit for West Ham and Jane. That's exactly why. Um, they're signing sort of defenders as well, and I think that's the right move. Um, I think there's life, but I feel like they need a striker. They really need a striker. If they don't get one, I might be jinxing it here and taking another L, but I think they'll, they're will they not going to score as many as what they'd need. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're better than a lot of teams in this league. I don't see them pushing for European places. But I don't see him get relegated, and after losing your main man, that's not a. It's not going to be a bad season for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I think what's interesting as well is, well, ironically, I do agree with you about the fact they need a striker, but Antonio would have, have sort of you know hushed those rumours after his performance yesterday, or his goal, I should say. You know, the performance wasn't amazing, but the goal he scored was really, really good. Bodied, held off the ball, nice finish. So maybe he heard the rumours of West Ham. It's, con- it's, cons- it's consistency with him. Yeah, he- he'll go and do that, and then he won't. He won't score for like the next seven, and it's just like that. That's just not enough. I know he thinks he can score thirty goals for City, but he can't, <laughs> and he-, he won't get probably in the league this season with the way he's been consistent. Well, the way he's not been consistent. Yeah, and I think as well, well, the, the rumours are that, that they're going to try Bowen up front. 
and those sort of rumours were a bit confirmed yesterday when when Antonio came off. Um, Bowen, he's not that big physical guy, but actually there was a glimpse in the game where he got a nice nice ball, you know, back to goal, controlled it, turned it, beat a player. So maybe West Ham fans will be optimistic and say, look, we don't need a striker, Bowen can do it. But personally, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But Reese, where do you stand on West Ham at the minute? No, I- <laughs> I was just going to say, all, all West Ham fans, all I've seen is we want a striker. And that was from the start of the summer. Yeah, but when has David Moyes ever had a 15-goal a season striker? Really? I mean, come on now. Like, it's just not his strength. Stephen, when he inherited Van Persie United, got him 12 goals. So, you know, he, he doesn't really have, have that. I think the all-round contribution of the team is what's going to be fine for them. There's a sense of togetherness, the sense of, you know, they've got a bit of flair there. I think they'll use their strengths at set pieces, solid defensively. And I think as long as they can enjoy the Europa League and, you know, even if they stay around mid-table, they'll be happy with that because it could have got a lot worse for them. So, yeah, I'll take that. And of course, they've got to be careful with the Paqueta stuff. You know, if, if anything does happen to him there, what are they going to do? But, Early signs are good. And I think, again, if you'd have offered them four points at the start, they would have ripped your hand off. Yeah, no, you're right. And and just quickly, I just remembered that all this talk of them needing a striker, Danny Ings they've got, and he was on the bench. Who And, and we've said, you know... We've, we've, yeah, we've but that's... They, they still need one with him there. They're not convinced by him. And I think it's showing when... Uh, it was showing at the end of the last season they still weren't really happy with him. So I think it's still a cause for concern. Yeah, I think if I was Ings, I'd be looking at a move away, to to be completely honest. If, if they're not going to have faith now, they're not going to have it five, ten games in. But we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of teams in the sort of mid-table sort of region. I'll, I'll read off a few. Any of these teams have sort of impressed you or, or been underwhelming so far? So we've got Obviously, Arsenal Palace are, are playing tonight. For for disclosure, this is filmed, you know, before that that game. And um, then you've got Newcastle, Villa, Forest, Man United, Fulham, Bournemouth, and Chelsea in fifteenth. Any of those teams that have stood out to you, or any of those teams that have absolutely disappointed you so far? Um, before we get onto the disappointment, then yeah, I think I think Villa's an interesting one because obviously they got absolutely thrashed on the first game but then have gone and made the goal difference back in the second. <laughs> I think that's a sign of the type of team we're going to get from this season. Um, so I think fair play to them for coming back there. You know, that that's good to get that goal difference, you know, even now, you know, instead of having to claw it back throughout the course of the season. Uh, Forest seem to be doing all right. Um, but I would say I'd agree. I think after Forest in 11th, I think this is where we're going to get to our losers, to be perfectly honest with you. And it has to start with United. I mean, they're just, it's not, it takes a while to click. I get it, but come on now. A lackluster performance against Wolves and then, you know, just decide to not turn up against Spurs. It's it just not, it's not good enough at this moment in time, is it? They they should be looking at six points, really. Or, you know, you know or four you know, not just the one win. They've already lost, which is saying they don't want. Well, that's good. Go on, yeah, Jack. I think you got to agree with United, haven't you? Like, the performance again, yes, they got the win, 
but the performance against Wolves was terrible. It was no short of terrible. They were so, so lucky. Any, I think if they played majority of the other teams in this league, they would have lost that and probably lost it 2 or 3-0. I don't... United didn't really offer that much in attack. That was probably the only chance they had was that Varane goal. And if you look at Wolves' chances again and again, they should have they should have won that clearly. And then the penalty decision at the end. There's just no defending from his point of view. There's no defending it. They've come out and apologised, but that does no good. It really does no good, and that's just something obvious. I understand, like I can understand if it's something close where it's sort of like you'll get some fans going, "That's a foul." Some going, "That's not a foul." That's just stonewall. So it's just not acceptable. United have got away with it, really, and they're they're lucky to have three points at this stage, and that's not the expectation that people were well, United fans were having. With this, this season, and then the the game against Spurs, they just look yeah, and I'm enjoying it for now. But I do feel like they're going to just be a bit of a slow starter, and they'll get they'll get into it a bit more. They'll look better, and sort of like in three or four weeks' time, we'll be like, oh, United are doing quite well. I think. Yeah, I think it's likely that they'll eventually come good, as we've seen under Ten Hag, but. You'd definitely be a little bit concerned already as a United fan, I think, because, again, we've said it before, and you kind of got the players you wanted to some degree. You know, you needed a goalkeeper. De Gea was past it. You got rid of De Gea. You got Onana, who was, you know, regarded as one of the most sort of exciting keepers in the world. Um, United fans, you know, we, we jokingly said pre-season, we're saying he's number one in the world. Well, that was that was quickly disproven. Um with, you know, again, you needed a midfielder, you got Mount. I've got to say on the Mount point, you know, I, I'm not going to back him anymore because he's because he left us. But you cannot spend 60, 65 million pounds on a player like Mount to then play him CDM. That is not his role. It never has been his role. I don't agree with what Ten Hag's doing. And he's just, he looks lost. Now, there's other players in the team, so it's not all about him, but he just looks lost because he's he's clearly been told not to attack as much as Bruno. And it almost looks like he's been told not to defend as much as Casemiro. And he's just in this weird that's position. The role... I, I, I slightly disagree. I think that's the role he should be playing in that United team. It's more, it's a bit like what City have with Rodri and, let's say, Kevin De Bruyne. Then you have the... We had Gundogan last year, Kovacic this year in that role. That's what Mount, that's what I think then creates the balance because Mount has that attacking threat and the defensive minded, but maybe too much defensively. But I think that is the role he's, he's got to try and make his own at United. Otherwise he doesn't fit in because he's not as, he's not better at attacking than Bruno and creating chances. And he's obviously not better in defending against Casemiro. So I think he's got to have that middle ground. That's that's the only place I can really see for him. Or it's straight on the bench, <laughs> really. I think that's the only way it fit, he fits in. 
Yeah, I to be honest, I agree on the point around Bruno and Casemiro, but I just I, I don't agree. Like the, the reference to KDB, like KDB doesn't really defend Gundogan last season. I'd I'd say was more attacking. No, 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 no. no. So he plays more forward. That's the KDB role. Right, right. Then you then Gundogan does the defensive stuff and the attacking stuff. Right. Yeah. He yeah. does like the box the box. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. At the minute, obviously, it's only two games in a new team, but. It just looked like he's been trying to play more defensive, and it just doesn't suit him. Um, but yeah, again, they've obviously got got Holland in or Holland, yeah, Holland. How you want to say it? Definitely not Holland. So we'll see how he does. But even like of Rashford, just look look lost at the minute. And um, so yeah, early 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 loss for United, I'd say. Um, now before we move on to the sort of bottom sides, obviously Chelsea. Weird start for, for us, obviously in 15th place, one point off two games, doesn't look great. But we've seen a very encouraging, positive display against Liverpool without a, a winning goal. And then we've seen half half a game of absolute dominance. And I feel like nine times out of ten, we'd be sitting here going, we've absolutely battered West Ham. If Maybe if the pen goes in and, and you know, Chukwemeka doesn't get injured. But yesterday, the second half, it just took me back. I, th- I thought it was last season. It felt like that. We couldn't break a team down. We just looked lethargic. So I don't know where I'm at with, with Chelsea, to, to be honest. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, encouraging signs, but we can't break teams down with 10 men. We're, we're going to struggle. What did you guys make of, of Chelsea so far? Teething problems. You can't expect instant success with the turnover of players they've had. I mean... I think it's only Reese, James, Chilwell and Silver are the only three left from the Champions League winning team. So so we can't really expect much of them there. You know, it's it's such a quick turnaround. And there's so many players that are look, trying to get a look in. You know, Poch probably doesn't even know who he wants to start yet. Some players look pretty good. You know, Madwiki looked good. I think Modric didn't play too bad. Um, I think, yeah, he's just trying to get that balance and trying to find who can fit where. But Let's be honest, I would have to argue that of all the teams, especially in the big six, Chelsea have had the worst possible start. Like, you wouldn't have wanted Liverpool at home and then West Ham away, right? You know, that's not a nice time, you know. So so I think I think one point isn't the worst for where they're at at the moment. You know, Poch did also get Spurs off the slow starts at times, remember? So nothing, nothing to be worrying about or panicking about. I think it's just one of those things at the moment. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to panic about for Chelsea. With how much you've spent, you should be looking for top four. Really, really, how much you've spent, you should be actually winning the league. But for how bad you were last season, that's just not realistic. So I feel like you should be aiming for top four, but it's sort of like, has the season started a bit too quickly? Did Poch want another... I don't know, two, three more weeks with the players because you have brought in Caicedo and Lavia, but they only came in very, very last week. Like, that's why Caicedo's on the bench. He's going to be starting at 100-odd million and Lavia probably two. So I feel like, yeah, Poch probably doesn't know his best side. Your signings are just coming in. So I feel like there's still time There's time to obviously get much better. And I think you've got a nice, quite, I think you've got like a nice three or four game run that 
is what's going to benefit you. And I think you're going to be okay, but it's not the greatest of starts results-wise. Yeah, yeah, I agree with both your points, to be honest. It's, it's, you're right, you look at the starting lineup, and it's just, there's so many new players. You know, DeSassi even come straight in. Cole Wills never had a run in the team. Uh, you know, there's just so many players that have got a gel. So I, I agree, yesterday was awful, but you're right, Jamie, like with the run of fixtures, we're more than capable now of, of hopefully going on a three, four game, you know, decent results run and, and hopefully moving up. And um, let's let's move on to the bottom bottom team. So 16th to 20th, you've got um you've got Sheffield United, Luton, Burnley, Wolves, Everton. Who are you guys very concerned about this early on? I mean Everton. <laughs> it is it's Everton, isn't it? They they look terrible. Like it's schoolboy defending that souls there's just a problem with every single one of them. I think they're they're in for a rocky season and something's gotta change, otherwise they will get relegated. Yeah. Plain and simple, yeah, really. I, I do agree. I do agree. Getting slapped like that again away to Villa is just not good enough, and they were really disappointing first game. Reese, you had Wolves in your in in, in the relegation. He's he's sticking with that, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we said about their performance at United, but then they go and play like that against Brighton. And come on now, like it makes you think: is it just were United that bad? Is what allowed Wolves to look better? You know, they come on now. It, it's not looking good for them. I feel sorry for them, and and they're they're gonna get some wins on the board, but. You know, to be even if you get relegated, you don't want to have two losses. You know, immediately they're already playing catch up. You know, you know, even with Fulham in thirteenth or Forest in eleventh, that may sound silly, but they've already got three points on them. So yeah, it's not looking good. Them and Everton, it's been a bleak start. Yeah, well, there you have it. We 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 won't be too harsh on on uh, Bernie and Luton. They've only played one game. Both come up, so we'll we'll leave them for a later episode. Um, but as always, that wraps us up for another week's podcast. Let us know your thoughts. Plenty to discuss and debate there. But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill.